Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Hey, Darla here, and I have a question for you. What would it mean to your bottom line for your interior design firm if you could sign just one client from your Instagram marketing efforts? Is it 5000 10000 15000 and up? Well, if you're a principal of your interior design firm and you're overwhelmed with your Instagram marketing, you have no idea how to do, what to do, when to post, what to post, what hashtags to use, how to use ads, that the whole gamut, it's incredibly overwhelming, then I want to introduce you to Instagram for interior designers. It's Wingnut Social's very first online on-demand course with over seven modules, 61 lessons that's going to answer all of those questions for you and help you to put together a very actionable marketing strategy for your interior design firm tailored to you with workbooks and exercises and just just everything you could possibly need there. To find out more information on Instagram for interior designers, head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out Wingnut Academy, or you can go to wingnutsocial.com slash Instagram for interior designers. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I am your host, Darla Jethro Powell. And if you can hear, I have a little bit of a cold. I'm getting over my voice right here today. So bear with me. I I don't think I'm contagious anymore, so you don't have to worry about that. I just, um, you know, I get schmutzy. I get schmutzy for a while. (laughs) So apologies, but the show must go on. (laughs) Good thing I don't sing for a living. All right, guys, today's guest is Lizzie McGraw of Tumbleweed and Dandelion out of Venice, California. And Lizzie has a on, an online store and a brick and mortar store where she does a lot of custom stuff. And she and I get into a conversation. Uh, we go on a little bit about her store, how it came to be, how she almost actually literally went out of business 25 years ago. And now she has a thriving interior design firm by the same name, Tumbleweed and Dandelion and the brick and mortar and the online store. So she tells us a little bit about her experience and gives us some advice. If you're an interior designer looking to do something similar, a brick and mortar store, having a shop is not a small undertaking. And there's a lot of risk involved, a lot of things that can go wrong, but also a lot of things that can go right. And Lizzie walks us through and how she's managed to do so in 25 years and compete with the big boys like Amazon. All right, guys, you know the drill. Before I get into my conversation with Lizzie McGraw, let me tell you a little bit about her. Lizzie McGraw is an interior designer and the owner, of course, of Tumbleweed and Dandelion, a mainstay on the ever-trendy Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice, California. She established her home goods store over 25 years ago, and it remains the destination for scores of design and decor enthusiasts seeking anything from a custom-made sofa to Tumbleweed's own hand-poured candles. Lizzie designed Tumbleweed and Dandelion with the intention of making sure everyone would feel welcome, whether they are spending money or not. How, How nice is that? Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Lizzie McGraw to the show. Hey there, Lizzie McGraw. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm great. Good morning. 
Good morning. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for, for being flexible. And uh, as you can hear, I got a, I'm a little bit under the weather and we had to reschedule. But thank you for joining me today. And we're going to have a fascinating conversation because you, my dear, <laughs> are very impressive. You have um, a terrific interior design business out there in Venice. You have a brick and mortar shop. You have online shopping. And we're going to help our audience today uh, do the same if they so desire. Are you game? I'm totally game. I love to hear it. All right. Um, before we dig into this, um, just tell us a little bit uh, about your your design firm, which, by the way, I love the name, Tumbleweed and Dandelion. How, how that just makes me have warm fuzzies. I love that. It's, you know, the origin of the name is funny because when I started my store almost 26 years ago and I was truly a child and did not have any business sense, I had a partner at the time <laughs> who I'm grateful for mostly because I never would have done it if I didn't have that partner. But she also came in one day and said, I've named the store. And I said, what do you mean you named the store? And she said, yeah, I've called it Dandelion. And I said, oh, that's so great because there is a Dandelion Cafe on the corner. So now there's two Dandelions on our street. So (laughs) luckily, um, we just sort of coined the name Tumbleweed and Dandelion because we knew we were going to use my grandmother as a little moniker with her little friend Henry on it. And they looked like tumbleweed and dandelion. And little did we know the tumbleweed is the seed that spreads the dan- the weed that spreads the you know dandelion. So um, it sort of worked out to my advantage in the end. I didn't know that. I just learned something new. You How did. cool it's is that? Like, well, I didn't know that for 20 years. So it's not like it was, <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. So is the other dandelion still there? Is it she, dandelion? No, she is not. That lasted a year. Uh, and and out. honestly, at the end of that year, we we made money, but through, you know, ad, you know, adolescence and whatever youth and all kinds of things that we did and wasted. I was like really in debt when we broke up. And so I was, mm-hmm. and I literally stayed in the business just to pay back everybody I owed money to. And somehow between serve like just surviving years later became thriving, you know, so it, it's, it wasn't a quick journey by any means. Wow. And that sounds yeah. like a whole podcast in and of itself. It, that's a whole story. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right. So I kind of want to dig into that a little bit more before we get into the shopping thing, because, all right, so you, you were in a situation to where you just kept the business open to repay your debts at that time. And your was your mindset just to only to do that and then you had an exit strategy it wasn't to turn it around and to and to be where you, you are today no honestly i i never had like one of my jokes is and it's a bad joke but it's true is that when <laughs> i asked i asked my father for a small amount of money just to start the store when we started it and it literally paid like the first and last month's rent and that was the only money i received in it but i was like i had to pay people i didn't know what a bit he said what's your business plan and i'm like what do you mean I was like, I have to write something up. I was like, I just want to do this thing, you know? So I was, I would have considered myself, I would not say I was that talented, but I was very creative. So in that part of my life, I just thought, you know, it was all like, you know, dandelions and roses and paint this and do that. Learning to be a business person, I literally learned just by the fact that when once I started to employ people, I was like, okay, this is the rule. I have to have enough money every payday to pay everybody. And once I don't have enough money, I have to stop. And and I had to pay back people. So it was I was I was really motivated by just surviving. 
and I was good at what I did and good enough at what I did and and I diversified like I did everything from painting furniture to helping people in their homes to like I started designing homes pretty straight away. I did all kinds of stuff. All right. Well, I'm glad that that worked out for you because 20 years later, here we are on yes, the exactly. podcast talking about your business and exactly. hopefully we can help inspire, right? Some yep. designers out there. Totally. Okay, so one thing that we, we talked about in the green room was diverse, diversification. So not only do you have Tumbleweed and Dandelion as an interior design firm, you have a brick and mortar shop. I, I'm imagining you're a stocking dealer and you're, you also do online sales as well, right? So how did that evolve and what was your thinking behind starting that? And then we'll dig in a little deeper. Um, well, we always, you know what, we've always put our toes in the water, do a few things. We do like our whole list of things that we actually do are everything from designing houses, designing our own furniture. We have a full retail store. We do staging of houses, which is a big thing for us. Um, as well as like we we create things we we make our own soaps and candles and blah blah blah. Oh, um, nice. I think a lot of it has stayed with me because I'm on a very expensive street. And when I started mm. on the street that I'm on, it was a nothing, and nobody wanted people to be like, you know, with their lives they'd come down to our street like oh you know that's a scary place. And then it became Architectural Digest and GQ said this is the best street in America. And then the rents tripled and I've tried to buy my building since day one. And that, you know, has not worked out. They, they're, they want to keep it. And so I had to make that rent. So again, I was like, okay, if I did enough stagings or if I did enough design or if I painted enough houses, somewhere money was coming in. So it was always right. about like, you know, when the retail slow, which retail gets slow, then I'd have something else to do. Now, for years, we tried to make our website fly, and it was always, like, sort of okay. It, like, we'd, mm -hmm. we'd sell some candles. We'd sell some things. Um, nobody on my team was really, like, a website techie or any of that kind of stuff. And right. then, really, during the pandemic, when how people shopped shifted, um, it took off. You know, we had the time to work on it. And, you know, our sales were like crazy. Um, and then we've just kept it consistently decent. Sometimes are better than others. Let me just interrupt you really quick. What were you doing during the pandemic to make those sales take off? Um, honestly, I think we were just putting content out that people were interested mm -hmm. in or and, you know, we were selling home goods. So people wanted candles mm -hmm. during the pandemic and they wanted soft throws and, you know, all kinds of things like that. Also, in the world of like beautiful humanity, so many people that were our clients and loved the fact that we were this brick and mortar that was independent as opposed to being a corporation on our street, um, mm -hmm. would be, were hollering at us the whole time, like, oh, we'll pay for our window treatments now, do them whenever you can, or we want to order oh. things. Or I shipped, I actually shipped a whole house of furniture to New Hampshire. <laughs> and my guy and I got in our F-150 with the, oh, we met, with movers. We met movers. We drove across country. We stopped one time in um, Indiana at a friend's house and then drove straight to New Hampshire because it was, you know, COVID and nobody, you know, you didn't want to use a, you know, a gas station bathroom. Don't touch anything. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then literally redid somebody's house during that time. 
<laughs> wow. I was like, you know, you do what you can to stay alive. Right. I guess so you said you were doing content marketing with your, was that on social? Was that doing blogging or tell us a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah, no, we, we have not been, you know, and I've listened to a lot of the things that you guys just talked about. I went on a little wing nut. Let me check all these <laughs> things out. And we, we were not consistent with a lot of things because you get busy and you don't, you know, you don't do what it is you're supposed to do sometimes. But yeah, mm-hmm. we've dabbled into blogs what it really and and to do Instagram and to doing different stuff, I think for us, what also helped is before the Internet really took over, we were in a lot of magazines. And then when the mm. Internet really became the thing that you needed to focus on, we didn't jump out, but we stayed alive enough that there was some interest and we did sell things from it. And now, again, we're getting on digital content that we need to be on which has been really Good. helpful for us. So yeah. I, I feel like some of it has just been hard work and good fortune, I would say. But, <laughs> right. you know, our, we, we are a little bit more organized and planned now. And a little bit, you know, we, we do want to be an authentic company. Like I don't always, you know, what do you do on those days when you don't have anything to say? You know, and, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of humor mm. in it is in what we do because, you know, when I was working on the book that we just put out, my original idea was all the funny things that actually happen in our lives when you're trying to do anything, when you're trying to, you know, run a podcast, you do a show, work in a store, you know, like I sent a painter to a house to paint cabana stripes in a bathroom and I called to check on him and He's like, everything's going great. I just taped everything up. I'm about to paint. And he goes, I'm playing with the cat. And I'm like, they don't have a cat. Okay. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, and I don't know why you said it was upstairs. It's only one floor in this house. And I'm like, dude, where are you? So in any case, it was very funny. So like, you know, I literally sent a painter to the wrong house. I got him out before he actually put paint on the walls, (laughs) thankfully. And there's like a million of those stories in our history of the funny, you know, you know, the house where the curtain rod was longer than the house. How do you know who measured? <laughs> that <laughs> sounds, that does sound, well, one of the biggest things about marketing and it sounds to me like you're saying you learn this organically is the storytelling piece. Totally. And you know, right. And, and that's, that's what people love. That's what yeah. makes people super, super fans. And you, you did say, what do you say on some days? Right. And yeah. um, we could, that's a whole other episode when you go into your strategy and your content totally. strategy and and, totally. stuff. and that's something that we excel here at wingnut social, but yeah. I digress. Um, but that, that is what people really just love about following brands and storytelling yeah. and makes them invested in what, what it is that you're putting out and makes them feel feel good. <laughs> I, I can honestly, I went as an interior designer myself. I've, I don't think I've ever sent a painter to the wrong house, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's a funny story <laughs> that endears me to you for sure. You know, that, well, that's the kind of I didn't thing. actually send him to the wrong house. He went to the wrong house. <laughs> oh, that's also okay. Oh yeah. Just yeah, yes. blame the painter. Yes, blame the painter, ex- Lizzie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a, totally his fault. So the brick and mortar piece of your, your store of tumbleweed and dandelion, was that born from necessity to show clients product or was that born as a as another revenue stream for for you guys and how's that working out um it's great um okay and i honestly think that everything i've done like starting the store in the beginning it was not my dream to do that it just sort of Mm -hmm. seemed like a good idea and oh i'll play around with this and it just worked out well enough 
I mean, looking back on it now, everything I've done has afforded me like a beautiful life. You know, I mean, I have everyone that I work with is wonderful. We have a wonderful crew. We all love what we do. There's a lot of passion in our daily life. You know, we create a lot of really fun things. And, you know, a big word is opportunity. We actually have the opportunity to do those great things. You know, we have customers that are willing to pay for those things. And also one of the things that has evolved for us is that since there has been a supply and demand issue since the pandemic, we, we make all of our own things. You know, we make our own sofas and cabinets and anything we can draw, we create. And Mm -hmm. we've been able to satisfy people's needs more quickly and also with a good American made product. Is that something that you're subcontracting out or do you have your own manufacturer? No, we, we, we totally okay. do that for ourselves. You know, we have our oh, own, wow. we make it, we have our own shop that makes all of our own sofas and we have a shop that we, that we make all of our own furniture in. That's terrific. Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. Okay, so um, just going back a little bit to the, the brick and mortar stuff, you said that that wasn't really a dream of yours, but you did do it. So what was the reasoning behind starting that? Was it just to diversify your revenue streams? And, and what percentage would you say that makes of Tumbleweed and Dandelion that store? And and a couple, let me know if you forget any of this. <laughs> and um, it was it more just to, to sell to your interior design clients that product that was in the store or kind of its own separate thing? You know what? Now I would say that like some of the things you just said it it is for like now, like in the Mm -hmm. beginning though, literally I was literally just a silly kid who was like, I guess we could make some money doing this. I was painting dressers on the sidewalk. People were buying them. I was like, yeah, I'll start a store. There was not a lot of thought put into that as it evolved. And I realized what I could do. I remember I walked into, um, an architect's office. And I am a trained designer. And my father was also an architect and I worked for him for while I was growing up. So he really Mm. taught me well. And I do believe that you really learn so much by actual practice. You know, I think, you Mm. know, schooling is a really great thing. And 
you know, but actual practice, you learn construction, you learn an understanding and whatnot. I realized what I brought to the table because, and, and that really has guided me. So my own education and knowledge, there was a lot of people out Mm -hmm. there who said they could do those things, but in reality, didn't really have a grasp of what it is they needed to do. Um, you know, and so just one thing has like led to another throughout this whole journey. So it sounds to me like you had a lot of synchronicity, a lot of fortuitous <laughs> luck as well. But it also also sounds like a lot of grit and a lot of elbow grease went in there. So I'd have to ask you, Lizzie, if someone's someone's out there because we're going 20, 25 years later, right? Yes. And they're thinking of opening up their own brick and mortar. What mistakes did you make that you would you know warn them about when opening up their own retail store? And uh, what what advice would you give the interior designers listening who are kicking it around? Because it's not a small undertaking. It is not a small undertaking. I will tell you the the biggest thing that I've seen is a mistake that I made. And I think others I have known over these years has has made is that Mm -hmm. you have to be all in, you know, to Mm -hmm. to want to run anything yourself. You you it never leaves you. It's like having a child that never really grows up. They may evolve but they don't really ever become an adult. So you always have to be present. You, you know, the better you run the business, the more people you get that surround you, that take care of you. But even as they take care of you, everyone wants to be led in some fashion. So I think if you're at the helm of it, you have to make Mm -hmm. sure that you lead and you lead so people will want to follow. And even when, you know, even on days when I'm just, it's a lot and I'm tired and I'm out. I can't come into my establishment and show that I can't, you know, you have to lead with cheer and joy and, you know, we can all do this. You have to listen, you know, everybody wants to feel like I know wants to feel accounted for. I honestly think that's the biggest thing. There's a million other Mm -hmm. challenges people personally will have to be able to do their own business and do their own thing. But if you think it's something that you can do for a few days a week and then do other things and you're just going to do this little thing, mm-hmm. a brick and mortar is not it because you have to make you really have to make a good amount of money to keep it going. I was going to ask you, has it been worth it to you financially? All yes. of the blood, sweat and tears. OK, but right. but not every year. Not always. Oh. You know, I mean, okay. I certainly took a hit during the pandemic of seven months of not working and I still had to pay rent and do those things. Mm. And, you know, um, and certain years mm-hmm. are worse than others. You know, election years are terrible for retail. <laughs> you know, they, they, <laughs> yes. really, they really are. Everybody's waiting yeah. to yeah. see who's going to get elected. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you? What would your advice be, Lizzie, to the, the designers or architects listening who are like, okay, yeah, you know, that sounds really good. I'd love to have a store, a boutique store, but Amazon's killing us. Amazon's selling, you know, all this, all this. Now they have a curated home sections and interior designers have their own Amazon shops and stuff. What is it? that you guys do that competes with the big box stores is for, you know, for, for retail. I think I have an idea, but I want to hear it from you. Well, you know what? I think, first of all, I think that's a route for, for people to go on for a lot of people, like they can be part of that Amazon thing and do their thing if they want to, you know what I mean? That is Mm -hmm. like a simpler route. I think Mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're offering what you can't get on Amazon, you know? So there is always another thing. You cannot get a custom old made, wood cabinet installed in your house from Amazon. You can't get Mm -hmm. me to custom make you an island or to show me a picture that if I can draw it, I will make it for you. You can't get that. You also 
dressing your home is like dressing yourself. Some of us are good at it and some of us are not. And some of us really do, you know, your home is your sanctuary. They want their hand to be held. So if you want to be in this business, it is part therapist. It is part designer. It is part like loving friend. It is all those things. And I think you have to be prepared to bring that to the table if you want to excel, because it is true. The way this business runs now is very different than it ran 20 years ago. You have yeah. the, the money is harder to make in certain ways, for sure. Is it how important is it to get to the volume level of being a stocking dealer versus just getting designer pricing to make that profitable? You're the brick and mortar. You know what? I'm not really sure about that because I think mm -hmm. that my actual business is different in a way and that we what we stock is a lot of what we make. We do stock other products yeah. and things like I have, like, I will say as an mm -hmm. aside, what, like what we sell is we sell a ton of our own candles. I mean, every day we, we sell a good amount of those, right? That's just, but that's a small item that doesn't, you know, that's not selling an armoire, you know, which is a lot more money, <laughs> but yeah. we also recently started a children's line, a baby clothes line, which we do not make. But we we mm -hmm. buy what we think is interesting and whatnot. And I we have really very quickly noticed that that item, those items are selling as quickly as the candles. And so it's nice to diversify and pick some items that you don't have to make and have blood, sweat and tears over that, you know, mm -hmm. that your clientele is going to want. And for us, there were children's shops on our street that closed and we were like, OK, there's no longer kids shops and mothers come in here every day with strollers. Let's see if, if, if kids clothes will sell in here and it really, really is working. And uh, how funny is that, that taking advantage, just to just witnessing that the opportunity was there and it's not really interior design related, but it's definitely target, uh, ideal client, target audience. Well, but, but if you uh, go into clever. it, 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 it's, it's, you know what, it's only clever because I also saw there's many other home goods stores in the area like, you know, that are independent companies that mm -hmm. have either a little bit of women's clothing or scarves or some kids things. Uh, I think mm -hmm. I don't think I'm the only one on that train, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that they're just noticing that who is their client, their client are young mothers and fathers and whatnot that are coming in with kids. And the kid mm -hmm. might need a cute little wooden toy or a great little jumper that's linen, you know, so it's evolving out of that. What's a store? It's, it's escaping me. It's a big chain store. It starts with an A that does that, has, mixes the home goods with the the clothing. I, I keep wanting to say Abercrombie, but it's not it. And I know it's going to hit me and everybody's screaming it right now. <laughs> My menopause brain is totally forgetting it. I don't even know if they're... Like Home Goods or TJ Maxx or one of those places? No, no, no. It's like... um. Gosh, what is it? Let me let me Google it. Really, I don't even know if I get Google. It. it starts with an A. I, I keep wanting to say Aeropostale, but that's not it. It's... um. It'll it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Maybe maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Guys, if you know what store I'm talking about, yeah. I'm having a total menopause moment. Um, send us a message. Send us a message and say, Darla, how 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 dare you? This is this is the store. <laughs> how could you forget that store? But yeah, but it's like a, it's totally curated like that with the dishes and the night and the clothing and things like that. So I, I, it's coming to me now how that ties in. That's really it's pretty it's pretty brilliant actually, Lizzie. So something else that caught my eye too is that um you did 
allude to it before that you have your your book, the creative style livable lovable spaces, that is a top seller or is it number one or top seller? No, it's not Amazon number one. For- I wish it was number one. Okay, it, it's in the top one hundred and it stayed okay, there, awesome. so we're good. Yeah. You guys gonna go uh, check that out? Uh, can they can they get it from your website too, or they, have they to go can to get it from our that? website? They can get it on Amazon. Okay. They can get it at Barnes and Noble. They can get it at Target. <laughs> oh, how nice! And that's tumbleweedanddandelion.com, guys. And check out that check out that book. Is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you about uh, having a brick and mortar or selling a uh, product? You know what? I I don't think so. I think I think that if mm-hmm. you you know what if if I were going to give advice to people though, it would honestly mm-hmm. be. Like, I think most people would have their, you know, together more than I did, to be blunt. And they would and and to figure and go, okay, this is what I want to do. How do I do it? Know that if you Mm -hmm. supplement it with a few other interesting things, you'll Mm -hmm. you have a better chance of being successful. You know, offer them, you know, Mm -hmm. if you if you don't think they're going to leave with the candy, offer them the candle, something like that. Yeah. And I I like, it sounds like flexibility too. And just being able to pivot is key here. You can't just be stagnant. You have to, like you seize the opportunity with, Hey, we got mothers in here with kids, you know, it sounds like you have to be flexible and you can't just, you don't want to be blockbuster. You know, you don't want to just stick to that one thing and then have Netflix uh, take it over. And I, I really like the angle of, you know, and then that is how you compete with the Amazons and the big box stores. Although I don't know if there's any big box left besides Amazon at this point is to do the, the high level, the curated, the custom kind of thing. Nobody's really ever going to compete with that. You just can't. Lizzie, this has been really interesting. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the what up wingnut round? I think so. <laughs> what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Um, thank you. Oh, I love that. Gratitude. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? Croissants. Oh, very nice. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. Last but not least, please recommend a book that's impacted you either personally or professionally. Uh, there's so many books. That's like a giant question because, <laughs> you know, the knowledge that we get from reading all that stuff. But I'm going to very shamelessly say my own book because... <laughs> Cheating. Well, only because I, w- I want to put this out there that when you, it's one thing to do something for a client and have them like it. It's a relationship between you and the client. But when you write a book and you put a book out there, it's a very vulnerable position because there are many people that are not going to have an interest in that book for whatever their reason is. And there's a generic style book that sort of goes out there and does well. So when you, when you take a chance for me, it was it was emotionally big to do that and to say, here, world, here's a bunch of different things I've done. So it impacted me the most, for sure. And it made me look at things a little bit differently. All right. Well, that's cheating. But because you said that yes. so well, <laughs> we will allow that. Well, I can give you another one. Yeah, there is a book by Mary Randolph Carter. And I think it's called American Homes or something. It's not in print anymore. But she was, she's an amazing writer and she's, she writ, wrote, I think, Junk Style and a few other books and whatnot. But her, her, this book was about the seasons of design. And so in the seasons of design, it also had like fam- family recipes and lifestyle things before people were thinking of branding and lifestyle. It's an old book and I, it's threadbare and I still have it because the genuineness and the authenticity of the book were so beautiful. And really it sort of made you like open the book and go, well, this is how I want my life to look before we had Instagram. And we're like, 
you had way too many choices. So what was the name of that one again? What was the name? You know what? It's a Mary Randolph Carter book. And I think it's called American home. I could be wrong on the name, but it's a Mary Randolph Carter. Mary Randolph Carter. I'm sure if you Google her, you'll, you'll find that. All right, cool. Lizzie McGraw, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you, where they can order your book and we'll call it a day. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you can um, find me at Tumbleweed and Dandelion. You can also go to our Tumbleweed and Dandelion Instagram. And we're on Facebook, Instagram. I think we do a little bit of TikToks, but probably not enough. Um, and you can also buy the book on everywhere from um, Target to Barnes and Noble to Amazon to a bunch of other smaller book sources, design shops, as well as ours, tumbleweeddandelion.com. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us, Lizzie. Thank you. All right, guys. So how are you feeling in this climate, especially in this current climate, about the potential or the prospect of having a brick and mortar store for your interior design business? We've had guests on the show before. You can go to wingnutsocial.com and check the archives for brick and mortar, you know, a retail store, that kind of thing in the podcast and and check those out. We've, We've done a few. And as an interior designer myself, when I was doing full-time design in Miami, I, I was kicking that around before I had the divorce and the move and came here to Maryland because I thought it would be incredibly valuable to have butts in the seats when you're selling product. Uh, before we, I did the switch and did Wingnut Social, full, as my solo full-time, product sales were a huge part of my margin, huge part of the margin. And I can only imagine how much more effective that would have been if I'd have been able to not just say, trust me, I sat in it at a high point, but why don't you come to my showroom and sit on the sofa or see the things or in upsell and, and that kind of thing. And that's been my experience interviewing designers uh, with their brick and mortars, right? And how they've used them before. And it does sound like Lizzie's using them to that effect as well, but more so really just as a great destination, home decor store there in a, a terrific location in Venice. And um, how and how amazing is it that she she was just like, oh, let me just do this and pay down my debtors. And now here here we are 25 years later and she has a thriving design firm and, and decor store. That That's super crazy. It shows you how important grit and tenacity is as well in, in this business and, and not giving up. And it speaks a lot to her strength and fortitude. And you guys want to make sure to head on over to tumbleweedanddandelion.com and pick up her Lizzie McGraw creative style, livable, lovable spaces as a top seller on Amazon in the top 100 in the decor space. Congrats to you again, Lizzie. And remember to head on over to wingnutsocial.com if you need help with your social media marketing for your interior design firm, or if you're a to-the-trade vendor, maybe you're a Korean company, maybe you're noir, maybe you're four hands, and you need some help with your social media marketing, you get the idea. Wingnutsocial.com. We specialize in interior design and nothing else, nothing else but that this whole interior design genre, vertical, whatever you want to call it. And if you're a beginning designer or maybe you have an in-house marketing department in there, I highly recommend our Instagram for interior designers course uh, over at Wingnut Academy at wingnutsocial.com. It will help you flesh out your own strategy and marketing plan for your interior design business on Instagram. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Make sure to join us next time. And remember, until then, (laughs) to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. 
Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. So it sort of evolved out of that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Are those your dogs? No, oh, what man. are those? <laughs> it's, it's not yours. It's that way. <clears throat> I don't think Can they're my dogs. I, it's like, I know. It's it's really loud. And it's never wild, loud Wild there. coyotes out there. Uh, all right, Lizzie, is there anything that we've kind of forgotten to uh, what? edit? Lizzie McGraw, thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> what a wing nut. <laughs> I'm on Dayquil. <laughs> She established her home good store. She established her home good store over 20. Hmm, let me start over. Um, hold on, I got a burp. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> good boy, Mango.